morning, over the last couple of weeks, we started really at Easter talking about resurrection life. And, and really, if you follow it each week, it really, you know, Jesus provided for us a new way of living. Uh, and the Bible talks about that over and over and over again. Is that a Christian life, really living for Jesus, is not supposed to be like an upgraded version of our old life. Right? Now, he came to do away with that old life that we would have new life in him. And it's very different, and very different in a very good way. And so he provided that with what we celebrate at Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ on Easter. And it is important. And so he provided it. And then last week I was sharing with you really about you walking and receiving really that life every day. That's why we're calling this kind of mini-series, if you will, Everyday Jesus. Because every day we need him in a fresh way. So, you know... The Jesus that you need today is not going to be enough for you tomorrow. Why? Because tomorrow's got its own troubles. It's got its own things that we're going to face and all that kind of stuff. But there is life for us every day when we wake up. But we have to, what, be intentional about really tapping into it, if you want to say it that way, or really making it a priority. Because it's easy for life to become daily, where we just get up and go to work and we do our stuff. But as as opposed to really acknowledging, God, I, I want you in my life today. And so, you know, just as we celebrated on Easter, we don't want to just be a one-day event. Easter ought to be every day for us. It really should be. Why? Because every day we get to celebrate resurrection. We get that life that we get to celebrate. And so last week as I was kind of wrapping up some things, and I'm going to kind of pick up there, I shared with you this statement is that really the power of our Christian life is found in our daily dependence upon God. Not just my desire, but dependence. Like, God, for me to be who you called me to be today, I'm going to need some help. So, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to ask you right now, before my feet hit the floor, help me. (laughs) Like, why? Because I recognize it. So every day, what? We need him. We we need his power. We need his presence. Every day, we want him. Like, it's an invitation. It's not just enough to to need him. No, we got to go beyond that. It's like, God, I don't just need I mean, I want you into my life. I want you in every part of my life. And so it really comes to this deep connection with God. And so last week, the, kind of one of the final thoughts I left with you was this, is that it's a powerful place to come to the end of ourselves. It's, a, it's actually a powerful place to come to the end of ourselves. You know, and, and I shared with you about how Jesus said, if you really want to what, find your life, you're going to have to lose it, right? And, and so it's a powerful place to come to the end of ourselves, the end of our rope. Why? Because when we get to the end, many times that's when we'll look up and be like, oh, there's God. So it's a powerful place to come to the end of ourselves, but to find that only that God is there waiting and that he's really all that we ever wanted. So many times we can chase so many other things and and think, well, this is going to fix the problem and that's going to fix the problem. And the reality is, is when we would just focus on him, we realize and make him the priority of our day-to-day life that what? We realize that He's what we've always been looking for. You know, and so we've been talking about this over the last couple of weeks. And so we've, we've, we've established some things. But the reality is, is that we need to be full of God's ability, not just our ability. And so I want to continue about the why. You know, my mom told me growing up that my favorite question was why. David, clean your room. Why? David, do this. Why? Put this over here. Don't do that. Why? Don't touch this up. Why? I mean... I'm curious, like even still to this day, I just have this curiosity about me. It's like, you know, the wheel works? How? 
Like, let me take it apart, you know. And I did it as a kid. I took a bike apart completely. My dad showed up, and I said, hey, Dad, put my bike back together. I was probably like eight. And he was like, I don't have a clue where to start. And so that bike got put into a box that never came out of that box. And, um, you know, but there's always this curiosity in me, and I always kind of wonder why, right? And so if Jesus purchased life for us and we're supposed to have life, okay, well, is that the end of the story? Or is there more to this than just, okay, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I have this, you know, this resurrection life on the inside of me. You know, God never does anything without a purpose, I've shared this many times. God doesn't create a person without a purpose. He actually had a purpose in mind when he created you. He didn't create you and been like, hmm, what am I going to do with that one? Like, that's not how it works. God had a specific purpose in mind, and he created you for that purpose. And so even when God works in our life, even in, in the area when we're talking even about, you know, the life that Jesus came to give us, God has a reason why. Yes, it is for us, but it goes beyond that. We were talking about that a minute ago when I was sharing with you concerning our giving, is that God wants what life to flow through us. John 7, 37 says that rivers, or verse 38 actually, says that rivers of living water would what come up from the inside and they would flow out of our innermost being. So it's not just a flow to, it's a flow through. That is God's design for us. And the reality is, is that for every one of us, you can get saved, man, you can experience the power, the presence of God in your life, And then you can, with some time, become like the Dead Sea. Why? Because they're stagnant. If you don't know anything about stagnant water, do me a favor. Go get a bowl, put some water in it, and just go sit it on your porch for a little bit. And see what happens. Because guess what? That water will not just stay clear water. Things will begin to grow. And you're like, oh, is that in my water all along? No, but things will begin to happen. See, even as believers, we're not intended that the power and the presence, the, really this life that we're talking about is not just to be reserved to us. No, it's got to flow through us. And see, here's the thing that I have found. The more that I'm willing to give it out, the more God just continues to pour it into my life. And, and so it's, it's a, a powerful thing that we have to understand. So I want to establish a couple things this morning as we're walking through this, a couple scriptures. But in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we read a very powerful scripture. And it says this. It says that you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. So Jesus didn't just show up and just start doing amazing things. Jesus had to be anointed. So do we, right? Now I know we don't throw that word around all the time, but guess what? We need to be anointed all the time. Why? Because there are people around us who need what God has put in us. And so it says that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And it says, then. Everybody say, then. So what happened is that Jesus was anointed, and then something began to happen. It says, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Another uh, scripture is 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. It says that the reason the Son of God, or Jesus, was revealed, the reason he came, was two purposes. Was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. If you really want to boil down, why did Jesus come? That's it. That's the purpose, is to undo the work of the enemy and to destroy his work. In what? In all of our lives. That's the reason Jesus came. He came to establish his victory in every part of our life. Now, this is where, so we're talking about Jesus there, right? Now, so let's look at another scripture. Because we kind of talked about Jesus, his influence in our life last week. But in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 
We see this passage of Scripture, and it says, gives us some instructions. It says, by living in God, so having that resurrection life, living by His strength, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we can fearlessly stand or face the day of judgment. In other words, what that's saying is that when I stand before God, I don't need to be nervous. Why? Because I have experienced God's grace, His love, His acceptance in my life. doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It just means that I've been paid for. Right? So I don't need to be nervous about standing before God on the day of judgment. It's quite the opposite. I should actually have confidence. Not arrogance, but confidence. Like, look, I'm not here by my own merit. I'm here because of the grace of God, because of the work of Christ in my life. But because of that, I have confidence. I don't need to pull back. And it, so, But with that in mind, having that confidence of understanding what Jesus has done for us, which we celebrated two weeks ago on Easter, he says, because of all of that Jesus is now, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, or it says it here, Jesus now is, so are we. That's a powerful phrase. As Jesus is, so are we. That's God's intention for every one of us. That we should be like Jesus walking around. I'm not saying that we should be him. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. But we should do what he did. We should, what, give life away. Everywhere Jesus went, he gave life away, right? Healing happened. People were fed. I mean, you know, just miraculous things were happening. You're like, well, I'm not Jesus. The Bible says that that's really what his desire is, though. Is that we actually, what, we make a difference. We talk about that all the time. We want you to, what, know God, Right? We want you to find purpose. We want you to make a difference, right? That's really our, kind of our, our, our really our, our, just our heart around here. So you got to know God first. You got to, what, discover your passions, discover what God created you for, what, so that you can now go out and make a difference. And, and even here, the, the, even the words here, the verb tense is very important because it doesn't say we are, it doesn't say that we're like Jesus was. It says that we are like Jesus is as in present, not past. It's a present thing. As Jesus now is, so are we. Because of God's grace, we are like him. That's God's desire for us. But yet many times we will have excuses why that can't be true. Or, well, one day when I get my stuff together, God will use me. Well, that's just not true. Well, God can use you one day when you get your stuff together, but God doesn't want to wait till you get your stuff together to use you. Right? I mean, quite, I actually have found that when I'm more honest and open and just real with people, it's actually easier for them to receive the gospel. Because they're like, you're jacked up like me. <laughs> when, when we put on the, the, the front of perfection, it's hard for people to relate. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It just means that we've been what? We've been saved. God has redeemed us. And so, and even here though, and it's such a powerful, and I want you to hear that. As Jesus now is, as he is right now, the Bible says we are. But the question is, is do we believe it and do we walk in that? Like, do we believe that when we pray for somebody that they'll be healed? I I don't think that Jesus was concerned that when he prayed for people that God would not work. Quite the opposite, he was fully expecting that God was going to move. When we're around 
work or family or, you know, whatever it may be. And somebody's talking about a situation and then you're like, oh, well, I don't want to speak up. I felt like, you know, maybe, maybe God had put something in my heart. Like, or somebody calls you and says, hey, I just need to talk to you. And you're like, I don't have a clue what to say. You can be like, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're going to help me give, give me the right words to help somebody today. It might be at work, it might be at the gas station, it might be at Walmart, but your life is on the inside of me and I'm looking for opportunities for it to, what, pour out into people's life. Because I want to be used by God. How many of you want to be used by God? It helps when our eyes are open, right, to look for those opportunities. God, give me eyes to see people that I can connect to you today. Give me eyes to see, give me a heart that understands, and I'm going to help you with some things here in a few minutes on, on how you can do that. One of the easiest ways I know to recognize when God is actually leading you to, to speak to someone, to talk to someone, to do something for someone, all of those things. But you see, what happened, and we saw this in Acts 10, 38, is that the Bible says that Jesus, that God had anointed Jesus, and then he went about doing good and healing all, right? That's what the Bible says. That's not my words. That's what the Bible says. But if Jesus had to be empowered, which that is a nice, fancy way of just saying being given some ability, don't you think that we are going to have to be empowered or given that same ability to make a difference that God wants us to. If Jesus had to be anointed, if Jesus needed a strength that he didn't of himself possess, how much more are we going to need that? If it was good for him, it's good for us, right? I mean, that's the reality. Is it? Yes, it is. And yet we have this ability, and, and especially if we have connected with God in a very meaningful way where it's like, man, I have experienced his life, and I, I, I really desire for God to, to experience him every day. Okay, well, you've got to start looking for some ways to get it out of you. Look for opportunities to be a blessing to someone else, to, to speak a word in the right moment. And you're like, well, how do I know if it's the Lord? That's a legitimate question. But this is what I have found. Many times the Lord will drop a little thought in my heart. For like somebody will just randomly come to mind. And I'll just send them a text, you know, because it's like, well, I don't want to waste a phone call, you know. I'll shoot them a text. Hey, just thinking about you today. And this scripture came to mind. And if that's your comfort level, this is what I would tell you to do. Do it. Because you'll be surprised at the response that you'll get. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing that. I needed that today. Hey, I was praying this morning and you just came to mind. I was just letting you know, I was just praying for you today. I mean, it's amazing how, how even just that is encouraging. I mean, who doesn't like to be like, hey, somebody prayed for me today. That's awesome. Makes me feel better. I mean, it, it's powerful. You may not, I mean, and you may not know why. You may just say, I don't, you know, they may say, the Lord tell you anything? No, I, just, I was just praying for you. I don't have a reason. You know, it's the little things like that, and that is sharing life. It's not always these big, grandiose, like, let me give you a four-page word from the Lord. <laughs> you know, here's the rest of your life. The Lord loves you. Be blessed. You know? Like, it doesn't work like that, right? I mean, many times it's not like that. It's just, we're normal, right? Be normal, but be full of God's life. See, Jesus didn't go around doing all these good things by himself. He, he had the, that empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Well, we have to have that as well. That is God's desire. Is it what? Is it like Jesus is, so are we in this world. It doesn't say like, hey, one day we're going to be like Jesus. And I don't know what the scripture says. It says, in this world. 
Because sometimes we can fall into that thought like, well, one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to be good and I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be just like Jesus. No, the scriptures actually say that God wants us to be like him now. I mean, what difference can we make for people in heaven? Right? I mean, what difference? Can you get anybody more saved in heaven? I mean, you know, no. We have this life now so we can make a difference in this life, in this world, to the people around us, in our day-to-day world. In Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35, we see an example of Jesus here, and he says that Jesus traveled through all the towns and the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news of the kingdom. It says that he healed every kind of disease and illness, and it says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. Compassion. See, if you look throughout Scripture, if you go and look, especially in the Gospels, every time that it says that Jesus was moved with compassion, he did something. Now, this is just my my takeaway from this as I've studied through the years, is that I believe that every time that we are moved with compassion, that there's actually an anointing on us to do something. Why would God stir us up and not expect us to help, right? And I believe beyond just in and of ourselves, because look, there's many times that God has, I've had compassion on somebody, and I may not even know why. I mean, complete strangers, like, hey, I don't know why, but you just stick out to me today. Is there anything I can pray with you? You're like, I would never do that. Again, do you want to be used by God? Do you want to put yourself out there in faith? Because what's the worst thing they can say? No, I'm good. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Have a great day. But you know, many times I've had it happen where people say, man, this is like the worst day Man, thank you just for stopping and praying. And I'll ask them, hey, well, okay, let's pray. And then you always freak them out when you're like, right now. I'm like, what? You know, not just, hey, I'll pray for you later. No, like, let's just pray right now. And I've always been surprised how many people are like, all right. I'm like, man, you're more bold about this than I am. I'm the one asking you to pray. And, you know, very few people have I ever had just say no. Like, no, I don't want you to pray for me. Like very few as in very, very, very few. But what? I'm looking for opportunities. We ought to be looking for opportunities. Keeping our, what? Our, our, our heart open, looking for compassion. Looking for, why? Because I believe that that's one of the main ways that God will lead us is compassion. He will stir things up in our heart in the area of compassion. And when God stirs you up like that, I believe that there's, his grace is what? Right there. And God's saying, that's like God's little, dinner bell going, hey, I want to use you. Can I interrupt your day for a moment? Like, can I have five minutes? And so many times we can get in a rush that we really don't always take that step of faith. So it says that, so here's Jesus. He's been with the people. It says he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to the disciples, he says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. One translation says this, look up for the harvest is plenteous. Look up. So we got to, what, get our eyes up, get, get our eyes off of ourself. Why? Because we are a conduit that God wants to flow life through. He wants to, to, what, so that we can be like Jesus. 
so that every day we're like him everywhere that we go. I mean, it's amazing to me that even on Jesus' bad days, which he had them, you may not believe that, but it says me to, when he would go to withdraw, the people would follow him. And then what? He would turn around and he would have compassion on them. He was trying to get away for a nap. He was trying to refresh. He was trying to recoup. And yet he had compassion and yet met the needs of people. So even Jesus had moments where he's like, I just need to be alone. And yet because of compassion, he still gave out life. So that's our pattern, even for us. Our bad day is not an excuse to just say, God, not today. As a matter of fact, many times on my bad days is when God kind of will stir something up and it turns my bad day into a good day. Because it's like, man, my day was bad until that moment. And then God showed up in that moment and it not only made their day better, it actually made my day better. And it put some things in perspective, right? And it's amazing how that can happen when we're just willing to what? To give life away. And so we want to what? We want to be people who are mindful and looking for opportunities to be a blessing to people. That's who we want to be. And so, you know, that compassion many times is one of the things that I see. And you may not know why. I'm a logical person. I'm a list person. Most of the times when God stirs my heart, it does not make sense to my natural mind. I'm like, well, that's dumb. Why would I do that? I don't even like the person in the, in the car behind me. Why would I buy their coffee? I know them. They are not nice. They are not qualified for a free cup of coffee today. But how many of us realize that many times God will ask us to do something and it's actually not for the person that he's asking us to do it for. It's actually for us. It's actually for us. But yet we want to find, well, you know, and I had the Lord do that when I was in Bible school. We had a challenge. We did a, a class off of, it was about the love of God. Never forget this. And so my final was this in the class. I'm still a little bitter. I'm still working on it, but. Because I'm like, let me just write a paper or something, you know. And, but the challenge was this. To do something for someone, to love somebody that you don't think is deserving. Like, son of a gun. You know? And as soon as I read it, I knew what the Lord wanted me to do. And I said, no. That ain't happening. That was my response. That's not happening. Now, I had a couple weeks until my final. To, and the, the actual final was to do something, to bless somebody that you think is undeserving, and then write about it and tell us what it was and how it impacted you. I was not happy. And it, I mean, which, I mean, I was a college age kid at the time, and I'll just tell you, the Lord told me to give $100 to somebody I thought did not need money. I'm like, they are good. They do not need my money. I need my money. I'm broke, right? And he said, I want you to give $100 to this person. I'm like, no, not happening. Not happening. Like, no way. But I didn't want to fail the class, right? <laughs> so I had to pray and ask the Lord to help me. And it, was some, it took some time because I'm like, man, I'm close to graduating. I can't fail this class, you know, and it was a big deal. And it was a heart thing for me. And so, I mean, I did what I was supposed to do, 
I know the Bible says we're supposed to be joyous givers. I was not joyous. <laughs> I was not joyous about it. But I did it in faith, quite honestly. I just did it because I was like, man, I, God, I believe this is who you told me to do this for. They don't deserve it. I know it. You know it. We all get it. We know it. You know, like, I don't have to convince you. You know they don't deserve this. But for some reason, <laughs> you want me to do this for them. So I did it. And it was amazing what happened to me. When I blessed those that I didn't think deserved it, it actually changed my attitude towards them. Compassion began to come. And I be, and even to this day, I have a lot of compassion for that individual. And we're 20 plus years later. I still have compassion for that person. I, it did something in my heart. I no longer said they didn't deserve it. I was like, it's not about them deserving it. Love gives, right? That, and that was probably the whole point of the class. So I guess I learned the lesson, but... You know, is that love gives selflessly. It's not about me. And yet God did something in me, and I learned a lesson from that. And, and so, you know, there's things like that that, that happen in our life. And, and, and many times God is working in us what his desires. And so he'll ask us to do something, and we're like, Mm-mm, not today. Not, I'm not going to do that. And God's saying, if you'll just trust me, the end result of this is actually going to be for your good. So that's with somebody that you know. But then there's other times that God will use you just for a complete stranger. And it's just a, a moment in their life where it's like God recognized them. And it's such a powerful thing that God can use us to do. And so we want to pay attention when what? God stirs up that compassion. Sometimes it may take a step of faith. And God is trying to help you get to a place of compassion. Especially in those places where it's like, ah, oh, they don't deserve that. Jesus was talking to his disciples one day in Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 5. He gives them some instructions. It says that Jesus sent the 12 out with these instructions. So he says, guys, this is what I want you to go do. He says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the lepers, and cast out demons. And the last, he says, give as freely as you have received. Now, I've got, a, I've got an honest question for you this morning. How many of you paid for salvation? How many of you have paid for freedom, deliverance, healing, blessing? Anybody? Did anybody pay a dollar? There's not a single hand in the room. Why? Because God gives it as a free gift, right? And it says freely you have received what? Life. Now freely go out and give it. See, he gave some specific instructions here. He says, hey, go out and heal the sick. One translation of, of uh, Mark chapter 11 says this. It's just a cool way they say it, it you know, because it talks about it's the Great Commission. But he says, hands they will lay and healed they will be. Like, well, what, what do you mean? Like lay hands on somebody's forehead in the middle of Walmart? No, you can put your hand on their shoulder too. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, <laughs> we don't have to make a scene. That's not what I'm saying. But guess what? When we pray, the Bible says that what healing power is in us. Why? Because it was in Jesus, was it not? I mean, Jesus touched, or people touched Jesus' clothes, and they were healed. As he is, so are we. Now, that's going to take some faith on our part, sure. But guess what? If you don't step out, you'll never see the miracle either. Everybody wants the miracle. They just don't want to have to do it by faith. Like, God, just show up. But it takes faith 
to see God work and to see God move on our behalf. So it says, give as freely as you have received. Give as freely. It didn't cost you anything. So we should be willing to give it away, not just hoard it to ourselves. The Passion Translation says it this way, and I love this, the way it words it. It says, freely you have received the power of the kingdom. We've been talking about this resurrection life. Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. It wasn't yours to get, and it's not yours to keep. Why? Because the power and the life that we have is not ours. It's actually the life of Jesus, so it's not ours to keep either. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We didn't buy it. Nothing like that. So we have to what? Give that life away. That's our instruction. So we've received this power, and so now we're to release it. We're to give it to others. I have lots of favorite scriptures, but this is, probably, this is really high up there. Really high up there. It comes out of Proverbs chapter 11. I use this sometimes when I talk about our, our generosity and giving, but even with what we're talking about and sharing this morning, There's principles that apply. I'm going to read this out of the message translation, but it says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Those who give out, those who give out, those who give out, what? Gets larger. The life that we give out, our life will begin to expand. God can do more. God can what? Stretch out and do more through us. So the the world of the generous gets larger and larger. It says the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. It says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. Now, the Passion Translation, this verse 25 says this. He says, those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. Those who live to bless others. In other words, every day, we are to what? Die to self. We are to live to be a blessing to other people. But when we make other people our priority, God makes us his priority. So guess what happens? When I make others my priority, God takes care of me. When you make God your priority, he takes care of you. In every area of our lives. Not just in the natural sense, I mean in every sense. Give peace, give comfort. Do those things that we can be and be life to people. You know, I remember... um, one time I was, I was actually talking to my brother-in-law, Ross, he's here, it makes me think about it. But I remember that we were, I was talking about a situation, and I don't remember there was something tragic had happened. I don't remember the details right now, but I remember I, we were talking about it. He's a licensed counselor and this and that, so we were talking. And I said, man, I didn't even know what to say. I was just there. And he told me, he said, that's all you needed to do. They didn't need you to say anything. They just needed you to be there with them. Just your presence was enough. See, that's being and giving life to people. Even in, I mean, we think like, oh, I've got to say something. I got like, oh my good. Sometimes just being there, just letting them know, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, man, you're not alone. I'm with you in this. I mean, that is powerful in and of itself. So don't overcomplicate it either. But as it says here, when we're looking for those opportunities to be a blessing. It says that God will what? Heap blessings upon us. And it goes on, it says, the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. The one who pours out his life. Did Jesus not pour out his life for us? The Bible says he did. He poured out his life so that what? So that we could have life. So now, as freely as we have received that life, we are now to release that life and to let that life go into other people and to be very intentional about that. 
Because this is God's desire for us. And you may say, man, you don't know what all I've got on my plate. You don't know what all I'm facing. You don't know what's happening. And I've got all these reasons why I can't. But there is a principle that we see. It's really the principle of the seed. The kingdom of God is what? It's, it, Jesus said it, that the kingdom of God is as a seed that a man would plant into the ground. And Genesis says that as long as the earth remains, are we on planet earth? Is anybody unclear on that fact? You were not abducted in the middle of the night. You are on earth today. It says as long as the earth remains, there will what? Be seed, time, and harvest. Sow some seed, give it some time, you will have some harvest. Sow some seed, give it some time, you will have a harvest. That's the way it works. And God says, as long as the the earth remains, that principle is true. You know, every act that we do is actually a seed. Every act of kindness, every act of generosity is actually a seed that we sow. And you're like, man, but what if I do something and, and, and they reject it? Or what if they get mad? Well, the Bible says that some, what, plant a seed, some water a seed, and some see the harvest. So in other words, we're not always going to see the harvest to the seed that we sow. But we might just be the one who comes and sows. You know, you're like, man, I felt like I was supposed to witness to my coworker, and man, they totally shut me down. They got mad at me and said, they didn't want to hear about Jesus. Well, you might have just been watering a seed. But if God told you to water the seed, you were faithful to do what God told you to do. And because you were faithful to do what God told you to do, and because you had that in your heart, guess what? There's blessings that come. But what happens, and I believe this principle to be so true, and I've seen it work in my own life, and it's, it's real simple as this, is that what you make happen for someone else, God will make happen for you. What you make happen for somebody else, it's the principle of the seed. You sow a seed into, I mean, the kingdom of God does not make natural sense. It doesn't. Why would God tell me to give $100 to somebody that I didn't really care for? Because it was a seed that I needed to sow. And it produced a harvest in my life that was very different than the seed that I sowed. Sometimes we'll get into the the thought process that, well, if I sow money, God's going to give me money. Not necessarily. If you will be obedient, God will bring you the harvest that you need. Sometimes your act of kindness might be the seed that unlocks the financial provision in your life. Why? Because it's obedience. It's, a, it's not about what or how we do it. It's about obedience. It's about saying, God, I believe that you want to use me to touch people, and I know that you love people, that Jesus died for every person on the, pl- on the face of this planet, and so I'm going to give life out today, and I, I just trust you. You're going to take care of everything I have need of, and I don't need to take on the worry of today because you have me. I'm going to make what, what's important to you important to me, and we can live that life, and so when we make things happen for other people, there's a need, and man, that compassion begins to stir. Stir. It's like, hey, I can do something about that. Hey, think about your day, praying for you today. And it's, it's just seeds that you're sowing, and it will produce a harvest. And so even when we're talking about really being like Jesus, you're like, well, I'm not sure how to be like Jesus. Go read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What he did, go do. I'm like, I don't think I can do that. Just start. Just start, start where you're at. Just ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. God, give me an opportunity. Give me an opportunity. Begin to pray and ask him. God, give me a, an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody today. Wake up tomorrow. God, give me an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody today. Wake up Tuesday. God, give me an opportunity to bless somebody today. 
Wednesday. God, give me an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody today. And you make that an object of your prayer, and guess what? What you pray for, you pay attention to. Like, how do I, how do I start praying about it? Why? Because that's what's in your heart. When you pray, that's, that's what's in your heart. And so, man, if you'll start praying, God, give me an opportunity to bless. You're like, man, I didn't realize there were so many people out here that needed blessing. And the coolest thing is, is that when you do it, God pours out blessing in your life. God really begins to pour out those blessings in, in all of our lives. So this morning, man, as we're kind of wrapping up things, be encouraged is that Jesus came so that we could have life. The Bible says life more abundantly, like over the top, more than enough kind of life, that we are to have life, that he came to provide that life so that what? So that we could receive that life, but not just for us, but so that we could begin to give that life away. We say it that, you mean, I've said earlier, we, we say it and we use the words or the phrase, if you will, that we're going to go make a difference. Jesus didn't die so that we could just come to church. He rose so that we could impact those around us. Because we serve a God who's alive. We serve a God who is powerful. We serve a God who is active. Christianity is not passive faith. It's active faith. It's active belief that God wants to use every one of us. But it starts, and this is why it's important, because you can't give something away that you don't have, right? I couldn't give 100 bucks that I didn't have. I didn't have much, but at the time I had that. So that goes back into what we were sharing last week. I mean, we've got to stay full. We've got to stay full of this resurrection life that Jesus came to give us. Why? Because we never know who needs it. And we can't give out of an empty well. We can't give out of an empty well. We have to, what, stay full of the presence, the power, and that connection with God. And you may be here this morning and go, hey, I've got a dry well. I've got good news for you. It doesn't have to stay dry. It doesn't have to. See, this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity here in just a few minutes that you can just say, God, hey, I I just need need that life in me. And maybe you've been saved before. Maybe you've accepted Jesus in your heart. But you're like, man, the life you're talking about, I don't know about. I have no connection to it. You can. God's desire is that you would. He gives it to all of us freely, but we have to respond. Would you bow your heads with me this morning?